Blog Talk Radio. Wake up, everybody. It's time to get squared away with Navy SEAL Radio. I'm your host, David Rutherford. As a behavioral training expert, top motivational speaker, author, and performance coach, it's my mission in life to help you defeat the negative insurgency in your life. So get fired up to use Frog Logic, the Navy SEAL training program, to help you succeed in any environment imaginable. Booyah! All right. I hope everybody is up and raring to go. I hope you are super, I hope you're ready to just explode today because I know I am, man. I woke up this morning, man, and I had this feeling in my heart that was just so phenomenal. Like, it just literally got me out of bed. It put a smile on my face. It, 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 I kissed my kids. I kissed my wife. I jumped out of bed. I got my favorite Tiger Stripe cami shorts on. I got my... My Navy, my, my Frog Logic Forging Self Confidence t shirt on. I came into work, right? I got myself a coffee, some food. I came in, but I've just been chomping at the bit because today's show is just one of those shows that gets you fired up, man. I know, I don't know what it is, man, but I, I there's just something about talking about this kind of thing. There's just something that, that gets in down deep in my blood and it just starts getting, it, it becomes overwhelming with, with just excitement, with just passion, with energy, with, with just a, a fired upness that just uh, is like nothing you can imagine, man. I hope you guys are feeling it. I hope when you, you, you know, you set forth throughout your week and you start figuring, all right, oh, cool. It's getting close to Saturday. It's getting close to Navy SEAL radio. Old instructor Rutt is going to be firing us up on Saturday mornings, man. I hope you're feeling that because I know I feel it all week. I hope you're fired up too. And so, so the first kinds of things that I just, I want to ask is I want to ask a question that I ask myself every single day. There isn't a day that doesn't go by in my life. There isn't a day that doesn't go by in, in anything that I do that I don't ask myself this question. Now, hopefully, you guys are going to ask yourself this question real quick right now, too. And here it is. You ready? Why do you serve? That's right. Why do you serve? Now, for those of us that served in the military, me, I served, I was a proud member of United States Navy SEAL teams. Man, it was one of the greatest experiences of my entire life. It's it's the platform for so much of what I've been able to do in my life, especially now as I created Frog Logic, right? The Navy SEAL motivational training program based on my 20 years of exploring the human condition and the desperate attempt to try and figure out what enables us to succeed in every environment imaginable. And I think I've been able to do that with the four main Frog Logic concepts, and I'll talk about those later. But I, why do I serve? You know, why did I chose to do that? Why did I want to raise my right hand, take that oath to this great country, to this nation, and most specifically to my brotherhood and my my unit? Man, why did I choose to do that? And I'll tell you why I chose to do that. It's because, man, I love this country. I love America. And I'm not afraid to scream at the top of my lungs. I love America. Now, when's the last time you did that? When's the last time you got so fired up that you wanted to scream at the top of your air, your, your lungs on a live radio show that you loved America? Now, I mean, I feel this every single day. And trust me, I get it. It's a struggle nowadays Some with some of the stuff that you see in the news and all the, the partisanship and all the nonsense. And then, you know, the affront on American exceptionalism that's happening right now. But listen, that doesn't mean you should stop screaming at the top of your lungs why you love America, why you're willing to serve her, why you're willing to die for her. I mean, that's the important part, right? It's a part of your heart and soul. I know it's a part of mine, man. It's absolutely one of the greatest things that, that I've ever had the opportunity to do is to don a uniform and serve this great country. 
I mean, that's powerful. Freedom and democracy are not these these simple ideas that 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 should be taken lightly, right? These are ideas that, man, our forefathers and and, and all the different uh, men and women that have sacrificed everything for this country have have propped up, man. I mean, this is a big deal, you guys. I hope you realize that. So that's why I want you to just, you know, I love America, man. Get fired up on it. So, you know, that's that's why I served. And and then once I, you know, once I got in the brotherhood, that was a whole nother well. I served because I served those men next to me. I serve. I'm willing to give everything I am or everything I will be for the men that's next to me. And it's it's pretty amazing, man. Just last weekend or a couple weekends ago, man, I was had the incredible opportunity to spend the weekend with some some good friends of mine on, on a retirement party, man. And, and this was a guy who served 25 years in the SEAL teams. And I was around a bunch of other great guys that, you know, were amazing. And, and you know, they were in the battle, the second battle of Ramadi, man. And these guys gave it all. You know, and we even lost some huge, some, some people during that battle. Mike Monsoor, right? Mark Lee, Ryan Joe, right? I mean, this was a, 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 a unbelievable thing, an unbelievable experience. And listen, you know, that's what service is. That's what you want to do. That's what you want to do. You want to make sure that your brothers in arms know undoubtedly you will not quit on them. You will not turn your back. You will not leave them. You will not You will not uh, uh, not be accountable to them. You will not uh, uh, subside on your effort to become better for them. Right? That's what this whole thing is about. That's what service is about, true service. Whether you're serving your brothers in arms or you're serving your family or you're serving God, it is about sacrificing or willing, the willingness, the desire to sacrifice everything for them. I mean, that's what the amazing thing is, and it makes you feel good, by the way. I just want you all to know, man, if, if you're just starting to listen to Navy SEAL radio, man, I want you to know that this is what this show is all about. It's about the concept that if you give, if you serve the greater good, if you serve your brothers in arms, if you decide to work your ass off and become a part of one of the greatest organizations on the planet, or even if you create an organization that becomes a great organization, man, it's all about the service. It's about giving back, man. Now, this has become an absolute passion for me, right? And, and, and I've, I've decided that I have to continue serving every day of my life. I have to earn my trident every day. That's what we say in the teams. Earn my trident every single day. And so what does that do? That elevates my game. That pushes me to a higher level and that desire to want to serve, to want to serve my fellow brothers and sisters from arms, whether they're active duty, whether they're whether you know they're 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 not active whether they're vets right now they're out of the military man that is my new passion and i've made that a conscious effort my my life man because the statistics out there are nuts and everybody knows them sure yeah maybe the the daily suicide has dropped down to ever some say 18 to 20 or whatever but i don't you know i don't give a damn man it's still we're losing too many people a day i mean this is crazy folks if we're losing 20 active duty people a day to suicide, that's crazy. How many vets? How many vets are we losing every single day? Ask yourselves. How many vets do you hear about that commit suicide because they just can't take it anymore? How many people do you know that vets that served overseas that have traumatic brain injuries or or PTSD, man? We're talking 500 to 800,000 from the Operation Enduring Freedom, Operation Iraqi Field alone. I mean, think about that number. It's insane. And what is being done? Granted, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of charity organizations out there. There's a ton. There's like 45,000 of them. But you know how many of them are actually making a difference? Uh, not a significant number, and that's why I, I devoted a huge chunk of my daily life in order to helping a certain few charities that I really firmly believe in. One of the biggest that I, I do a truckload of work. In fact, I just was uh, participated by emceeing their their annual uh, Chicago gala was is the Lone Survivor Foundation started by a friend of mine, Marcus Luttrell, man. And this is an amazing uh, uh, organization that supports families, supports the vets. Man, it's it's wonderful. So, uh, you know, check that out. Another one I support is Outward Bound. They run, you know, everybody thinks, oh, is that the troubled kids 
summer camp negative. The Outward Bound is one of the oldest, most productive experiential education programs there is on the planet, man. It's it's uh, you know from the late 40s and 60s in America. I mean, Outward Bound is profound, and they run veterans program. If you're a vet and you want to go to an Outward Bound program, they'll pay for it. Anyone in the country. I mean, that's amazing. That's a true commitment. And there's not a better experiential edu- outdoor education program than Outward Bound, period. Another one I help is from my good friend who started this, the Special Operations Wounded Warrior Foundation, Sal. And they do hunts with vets in order to regain the camaraderie to help open up to start the gateway to healing. I mean, this is an amazing organization. Sal, check it out. Another one, uh, I'm doing a huge event this this summer for Sal. Uh, let's see, uh, Danny Dietz Foundation, man. Mrs. Mama Dietz, man, and, and Papa Dietz. I've been helping them for two years. I love them, man. What they're doing is providing localized leadership education funds for people that went to Danny's school. That's powerful, man. That's huge. And the next one I'm helping is is Charlie Daniels, my friend Charlie Daniels. I'm, I love this guy, the the country music icon legend man. He invited me to be a part of his uh his uh a charity called the Journey Home Project, which raises funds to give direct to the different types of uh, spe- uh, special forces uh, organizations, to all the different really positive charities that are run by vets for vets, man. I mean that's what this is all about. It's about veterans helping veterans. And other people that care deeply about veterans helping veterans. Now, you know, you got to understand, man, there is a new program. There's something new that uh, I got to be, I'm so happy to talk about today on today's show. And and this thing is called the Mobile Arrow Festival. And, and it was, I think it, it was, it was, come, it was born under one of my close, close personal friends, a guy by the name of Lex McMahon, who I'm going to get him on here in just a minute to, to introduce himself. And we're going to talk at length about this, about his experiences as, as a Marine, his experience, uh, you know, uh, as a, as a, uh, in a finance, his experiences, you know, he, he He's the chief operating officer for Titan uh, Titan FC, which is an MMA fight promotions. He runs Alchemist Fighters, man. I mean, this guy is, and plus, not only doing that, he spends so much time, so dedicated to help veterans in all their needs, man. I mean, this guy lives, eats, sleeps, and breathes, right? He is a true Marine out there, and I, I, I'm so pr- honored and privileged to have him on the show a little bit. But, you know, one thing I want to do just first is I want to tell you what uh, Mobile AeroFest. So if you go to MobileAeroFest.com, you can read all about this incredible, uh, amazing two-day festival that's happening next weekend in Mobile, Alabama. I mean, this thing's amazing. Let me read the mission right now. AeroFest is a festival celebrating our nation's heroes, the injured military service members and veterans who have made enormous sacrifices in the name of a grateful nation. With world-class lineup of music, art, sports, education, festivities, and fun, this annual event will bring thousands of everyday citizens together with industry representatives to participate with these heroes as they enjoy activities and benefit from the latest technology and mobility, adaptive equipment, and training. Unique among philanthropic festivals, Arrow Festival will dedicate its profits to critical issues such as suicide rates among veterans. Profits will also facilitate future events for veterans and support charitable organizations dedicated to America's injured service members. All right, this is an amazing organization. It really is going to be just one of those unique festivals that takes place. And again, like I said, you know, uh, this thing is, if you want to get tickets, you can go to the website, you can purchase tickets if you're going to be in the area. If you're anywhere in the Southeast, please, you know, make a week of it. Go up there and support this amazing thing. And we're going to talk at length about the festival once once Lex gets on. You know, and, and so as as you move forward, in your life and you and you understand what service can do for you you know most of all it can get you closer to that that sense of 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 feeling good that sense of what makes america strong that sense of what makes america so amazing is the fact that we don't leave men behind we don't stop helping we don't we constantly are there to support those who are were willing to give all now, this is a big deal, man. I mean, I, I hope you understand that your duty as an American is, is not only possibly to serve, which I hope, you know, I mean, if you're up for it, the challenge, yeah, go ahead. But most, most people don't, but you can serve otherwise in other places, right? 
Service is not only beholden to to wearing a uniform like our police officers. And, man, God bless our police officers. That's what I want to say right now. I just want to give a big shout-out to the the two police officers that were recently uh, 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 shot in Ferguson, man. God bless you. God bless your families. I hope you come back strong. I hope you come back tall. I just want you to know that Navy SEAL Radio and David Rutherford are supporting you and your effort, man. And I I just – uh, I'm so sorry that that happened to you. And to all the other, my other blue brothers and sisters out there, man, thank you so much for, you know, just doing what you do, man. And and I just, it means the world. It means the absolute world to me. So, you know, if you're in uniform, you serve. But even if you're out of uniform, you can serve too. So, let me just uh, let me let me bring on my 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 guest today, uh, 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 ladies and gentlemen. I just want to welcome Lex McMahon to the air. Is that you, Lex? You bet, brother. How you doing, Rod? Holy cowboys, buddy! You know me. I am super on fire this morning that I got a Marine on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. You know, listen. I knew I had to bring my A game. You know, you're 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 missing motivation, man. I can't half step that. <laughs> you you know that's the truth, brother. There's no way if you sh- if you show up and you bring your haven't had your gigantic cup of coffee in the morning to this show, man. I am not. That's unsat, Marine. That is unsat. So thanks for coming on, bud. My pleasure, brother. I'm, I'm excited to talk everything. Uh, you know, vets helping vets, Mobile Arafest. Uh, you know, all the amazing things that you and I are doing together, man. So let's dig in. You got it. All right. So the first thing I think everybody absolutely needs to understand is, is, is why on earth would you choose to become a Marine? And when did that happen? Well, let's be honest, man. I've always been a bigger, bigger fella, except the time that I was in the Marine Corps. So I got done playing football and the idea of having to swim and, and, you know, become a Navy SEAL while enticing, just probably wasn't, you know, it wasn't in the cards for me. So I said, what, what's the next biggest challenge I can do if I'm not going to be a Navy SEAL? I'll be a jarhead. I love it. I love it. Well, when when was that? When Christ was a corporal, I think, actually. Um, <laughs> Dude, you're not no, that old. I, I, went to, I love um, how you always... I love how you always say that you're an old guy. Ladies and gentlemen, Lex is this big, burly bear of a man that is a couple years older than me and still is hitting the bag hard, is still getting back into shape. And I'll tell you what, man, he, he he's someone that you don't want to tangle with. So he ain't that old. You're not that crusty, brother. No, nah, no. Nah. I, I graduated high school in 89 and, uh, you know, spent about a year playing junior college football, trying to figure out what was next. And I, I kind of came to a crossroads and, and realized that I needed to to be presented with a strenuous test uh, in order to kind of get my life in focus. And the Marine Corps represented that opportunity. And, Amen. Uh, you know, I did I did my four years of active duty and uh, another four years in the ready reserves while I was going to university. And I loved every minute of it. That's awesome, man. That it's just it, it's such an amazing experience. And and for you know my my other best one of my other best friends that I've told you about, Rich, you know he he went in he went in the Marines after too, and it just it gave him such a a, a, a an amazing transformation, a, a new perspective, if you will. And so one thing I want to ask you, if you could kind of you know sum up what that is like to become a Marine, what did it teach you about life? You know, I think what the most important takeaway for me was was the fact that I needed to understand um, that there was something bigger than myself. You know, I, I was grew up in a privileged, you know, community, and even though I wasn't necessarily from money, I grew up in that in that environment, and then my mom married into it later on, and so I was always around it, and. I felt that, you know, I, I've, I've got to know that there's something more than, you know, being a privileged person. I, I need to be, you know, part of a greater purpose and, 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 and give back to my community and make a difference in, in, in my country. And the Marine Corps was, it was the perfect calling, man. Is it, is it I mean, you know, I think there's a, a big uh, – uh, 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 misconception that when you walk in, every time you walk into the Marine Corps, it's going to be like uh, Lee Remy screaming at you from Full Metal Jacket. 
um, you know, <laughs> punching you in the stomach, choke yourself, Marie, you know. So can, can you can you tell some? Uh, do you remember kind of any one of those moments that was really transformational for you? When those moments where you're like, wow. I, I am in the midst of that service of something that's bigger than myself. Well, I mean, I do remember a you know, that moment in boot camp when I had that transformation of realizing I can't be that undisciplined kid back on on the block. You know, like I, I can't do that. I, I need to adhere to the, the program and, and, and buy into it and, and, and learn from it. And that moment occurred, I think, during the first week of training when we first got introduced to the uh, the concept of the log drill. And, and all of your listeners, uh, you know, I'm sure are familiar with that. I know you're very familiar with log drills. Oh, my um, goodness. They looked at me, and, you know, I went into boot camp just coming out of football, you know, weighing – about 240 pounds, you know, I was a big boy, and they paired me up with, you know, the Midget Brigade, you know, the Midget <laughs> Militia, everybody who was 4'11", 5'1". The Smurf crew. That's right, and I was on the end of that log, and, and PT was a little rough that day, and, I, you know, I think it was obviously by design, and I, I knew I was given everything I had, and, you know, I was carrying the weight of the entire team, literally on my shoulders, and drill instructor came up, got in my face, and it just set me off, and I, and I just looked at him, I said, you know what, man, you're a blank hole, and you can imagine that went over well. No, no, that, that's, not a, that's not a good thing to do, bud. <laughs> the rumor has it, no, no, but, you know, <clears throat> best, best thing that could have happened to me, because in that moment, when I was surrounded by 20 drill instructors and I was paying the Pied Piper dearly and I continued to pay the entire 13 weeks of boot camp <laughs> in many, many different ways. Very creative the drill instructors were. But it was that moment when I realized, okay, I made a mistake. I now have to own it and I have to, to do everything possible to show these guys that that moment of weakness is not who I am. And I ended up graduating company honor man. And even at the end, the drill instructor came up to me, and, you know, I was with my friends and family, and he came up to me and he said, Marine, first time I'd really been addressed as a Marine one-on-one. -on -one. Right. And I, I said, uh, yes, drill instructor? He said, why well, still a blank? And I said, and of course, robotically, I was programmed, sir, no, sir, thank you so much, yeah. sir. Yeah, yeah. In the back of my mind, I'm like, of course you are. You just said that in front of my family. But, you know, lesson learned, it was an amazing experience. Um, and, and it really was that, that if you asked for a transformative moment in, in my kind of early military career, that was it. Cool, man. I, I mean, that that's a great story. And, I, and in so many of the vets that I talk to that, you know, either were Marines or SEALs or SF or it doesn't even matter, they, they everybody seems to have those kinds of transformative moments and which kind of projected them into this total lifestyle, this total idea of service. And, 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 and you know, it becomes such a, a wonderful part of your life and you get so ingrained and, 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 but then all of a sudden you hit that point and you, it's time to make a decision. Am I going to stay in or get out? So when and, and why did you decide to get out? You know, I did a couple of tours in Somalia, and I remember sitting in a, in a you know dirt fighting hole. And I think at the time I was probably making twelve grand a year, thirteen huge grand money. a year, huge money, big, big money, you know. And, and you know, getting shot at, eating one MRE a day. The only good thing is Jenny Craig's got nothing on the Marine Corps, especially when, <laughs> when the Marine Corps has you deployed. I weighed about one hundred and sixty pounds, and I was jacked. Uh, which was, you know, that was kind of cool. Um, but, you know, I just remember, like, you know, hadn't bathed in a month, getting shot at, all that. I'm thinking, you know what, man? Part of me is this is amazing. The other part of me is there's probably something else I can be doing with my life. And yeah. I was torn. And it took me quite a while to make the decision because, you know, I had been meritoriously promoted several times. You know, I, I loved being a non-commissioned officer. 
you know, it, I embraced being that idea of being an NCO, the backbone of the core. You yeah. know, it really meant a lot to me. And I was having, you know, I was being afforded the opportunity to, you know, go on and, and kind of cherry pick my, my assignments if I stayed in. And, you know, there was the possibility of going to the drill field, which was really exciting to me. I contemplated there was at the, at the time, um, I remember seeing a flyer in the barracks that was specifically targeting Marines to do a lateral move into the Army and, really? and go and go SF. And I, I even thought about that because, you know, as much as I love being a Marine, I was like, wow, you know, there's something cool about, you know, doing SF. And then, you know, I said, how Come can on I ever now, Max, there's nothing, there's nothing cool about Green Berets. <laughs> I'm, kidding, I'm kidding. All my brothers, all my Green Brothers, I'm sorry. I had to throw it out there, right? Oh, yeah, of course. But at the end of the day, you know, I said, you know, I'm a Marine, and if I'm going to do whatever I'm going to do, it's going to be, you know, as a Marine or, you know, not at all. And that's ultimately what I opted to do. And, you know, I I continued on, and and while I was going to university, after I made a decision to get out, I got out with an early out to go to school. And, uh, you know, I went to school at UC Santa Barbara, and there was a – a unit that was pretty close, a reserve unit. So, you know, I, I went and drilled with them and, you know, did that through most of the time until, you know, the end of my, my contract, my eight-year contract. And, and then, then I kind of, at that point, it was, I was in law school and it was time to kind of focus on that aspect of my life. Um, but it left a void and, you know, 9-11 came around and I actually tried to go back into into service. I had just I just graduated law school, and I was like, man, I'm back in. And I actually went, and I I didn't realize it at the time when I was on active duty, but I had, at that point, had uh, a degenerative eye disease that had progressed, you know, to a point where when I tried to, to come back in, this time as an officer, um, I didn't meet the, the physical standards because of the degenerative nature of my eyes. I just couldn't pass oh, wow. the eye exam. And, wow. and so if you, you know, and it's still, it's one of the things that definitely bums me out, but it is what it is. You play the cards that you're dealt. And Amen. I said, okay, if I can't, if I can't serve on the front lines, I'm going to find a way to serve those who are. And that's what kind of led me down this path of all of my philanthropic efforts being geared towards uh, the military and the veteran community. Well, you know, the the and let me just interject real quick. And that's right, ladies and gentlemen. You did hear him say a law degree, right? Uh, he, <laughs> Big Lex McMahon, has a law degree. Are there any other crazy degrees you got out there too, bud? You know, I got a lot of wallpapers, true. Um, you know, I, I promised myself when I was actually in Somalia, you know, when I was going through that thought process of, do I stay in and, and make this a career or do I get out and do something different? I promised myself the best education I could get. And, you know, God bless my dad. He, he facilitated it. So I got out with the university of California, Santa Barbara, um, got a, an English degree, uh, from there went to, uh, Cal Western down in, in San Diego, uh, got my law degree, worked at a firm for a few years, got into business, realized I didn't know a whole heck of a lot about business. So went to uh, Pepperdine, uh, Pepperdine and their Grazio School of Business and Management and got my executive MBA. And that, that school, <laughs> I mean, that's an amazing experience. That, you know, ranks, I think, in the top 15 in the world. Yep, um, that's a pretty amazing institution. Yeah, so, you know, it, it's, the education's been an amazing, you know, aspect of my life. But the best education I ever had was my time in service. There's no question. I love no it. Question. I love it. So we've got it. We've got a hardcore geek marine, which I love, by the way. You know, it's it's that duality. It's that balance in life, right? Be hard in your body and be hard in your mind, and and I love that. So the the funny thing is, is you got all this stuff now. You know, you're you're you're. I guarantee you're poised to to really just go into the next level with some of the bigger firms in in L.A. or San Francisco or New York or wherever with your background. How in the hell did you get involved in the MMA world? 
you know, it's, it's, I still don't fully know. It's just kind of one of those things that happened. I don't think that there's anyone that's in this, this industry that really kind of planned on getting into this industry. You know, maybe you're starting to see it now, but, you know, from the business side, I mean, the athletes, you know, without For question, sure. they, they get on a mission and they, and they start focusing. But from the business side, you know, it's just, it, it's the wild, wild west, you know, um, I think for me, I worked at a firm for a couple of years, uh, a Beverly Hills litigation firm, which was an incredible experience, but not rewarding um, at all. Mm -hmm. And and I knew it wasn't what I wanted to do. And I decided that, you know, I got to figure out kind of what the next thing was. And that's what kind of led me into, I started, I started my own company and that led me to realize I didn't know much about business. So <laughs> when I got the MBA, the executive MBA while I was, was running the company and uh, ended up selling off that company. And, you know, now I'm like, I have an MBA, I have a law degree. I, I've been involved in, in, in an entrepreneurial situation, um, you know, from, from kind of startup to all the way through, you know, exit strategy what what's next? What's a logical fit for me? And, and that was venture capital. You know, it made sense because it brought all of those those uh, intellectual assets and experience right. together and integrated them. Um, so I went to work for a firm that specialized in in uh, international technology investments. Did that? Uh, I don't know, year and a half, two years, something along those lines. Financial markets crashed. And Boom. literally went from having 30 deals in the pipeline to having none and Oof. going from, you know, being in a pretty good spot to while I at, during the day, I was trying to figure out what was next. I was at night a bouncer at a bar because awesome. I didn't. Yeah. You know, and again, it's one of those things. I mean, if you ask like what's one of the better experiences of your life is, is realizing that you, You've had success. You've done well. You've you've hit certain milestones in your career, and through circumstance, you know, it's not like I put myself in a bad position. It's just the entire world was impacted, and I just happened to be in an industry where we were really impacted. Right, so, right. You know, things go upside down. What do you do? You can you can either you know say woe is me, and you know, or you, know, you, you can, can marine up. <laughs> that's right, man. You tighten, tighten those boots and lean into that mountain, and, and you and you start, you know, heading up the mountain. That's what I did, man. So I bounced, I bounced to the bar. You know, here I am, probably the highest educated bouncer ever, but bouncing <laughs> in a bar and looking for a job during the day. And during that time, a couple of really cool things happened. Um, my dad um, was at in, in the point of um, his career where he'd been, you know very established in the entertainment industry for a very long time, but now he was in his late 80s or his mid-80s, and, you know, he wasn't receiving the same kind of attention and care that, that he had from his agents previously. And, you know, and, that and bothered talking, me. And, I, I, and sorry to interject, but you're talking about your, your father, Ed McMahon, Johnny Carson's co-host for 30-plus years, correct? That's right, the colonel. The colonel. Man, I love that guy. Best. Best yeah. best side man there is in the job, man. Absolutely, second banana, man. He loved he loved that that moniker. But <laughs> you know, I saw that he wasn't getting the right level of care, and so I, I said to him, "Hey, pop, you know, why don't I handle some of these things for you?" And I ended up negotiating some of his contracts, and in particular, I negotiated a contract with uh, the owner of a company called Cash for Gold, uh, Jeff Aronson, along with. Uh, and I negotiated that contract for, for my dad to appear in a Super Bowl commercial alongside MC Hammer. Um, wow. Fast forward, you know, the set day comes along for the filming. You know, get to know Hammer, get to know uh, um, Jeff very well. We hit it off. We, we become, you know, we, we realize that we all have kind of this commonality of enjoying the fight. Next thing you know, we're going to fights together, and, and Jeff calls me up and says, hey, man, I'd like you to, to handle sponsorships uh, for my company, and I want to sponsor MMA athletes. And I just wow. kind of chuckled. I was like, 
you know, what, what, what does anybody in, in, in service say? It's not no when confronted with, you know, a situation like that. It's, Roger, I got it. No problem. Take care of it. Didn't know anybody in the industry. Literally, didn't when know can I person. start? <laughs> I said, yeah, man, no problem. I'll take care of it. I went and got a, a, a sponsorship deal done with Randy Couture, you know, the icon in the sport. And him. from there, it just kind of, you know, just grew. And I, I figured I could get to him because I had a checkbook, you know. And right. that was the case. And because I was the guy with the checkbook um, for about a year, I got to know everybody in the industry pretty quickly. And I, and, I, yeah. and I looked at the industry through my, you know, kind of business, you know, focused lens and, and said, wow, there's a real opportunity. I mean, at the time, the agent side, like, there, it's not like MLB, uh, NFL, yeah. NHL, where there's a players association that mandates certain criteria for agents, it doesn't exist, still doesn't exist for MMA. Mm-hmm. So you literally, literally had strippers, bartenders, <laughs> used car salesmen, bail bondsmen, all, I'm sure, wonderful people, not qualified to represent an athlete in complex negotiations with the 800-pound gorilla league that is the UFC. Dude, that sounds and, like a SEAL team deployment party. <laughs> it does, right? Good time. Yeah. But uh, so anyway, I just that was that was the opportunity. I went back to Jeff and the Hammer, and we talked. And you know, next thing you know, we started managing athletes. And you know, from there, my partner Jeff uh, acquired uh, Titan FC, this this uh, MMA league. And uh, next, you know, we've been turning and burning since then. Well, that's just an amazing story, Lex. I mean, it really is. It's proof putting that you know, life will serve you opportunities if you're willing to work your ass off to make them come to fruition, right? And and that's what I love so much about your story. So as this all happens, this explosion, these opportunities, next thing you know, you're in, you know, you're in the wild, wild west of the MMA world. You know, did wh- why was it so important to you to continue that sense of service and help vets in all, in a lot of your endeavors? Why, why did that, why is that so important? You know, go back to 9-11 and my efforts to, to, uh, re-enter service and not being able to do so. And I made a commitment to myself and I'd always, you know, done what I could for the military, but I, I really made a commitment to myself to find a way to, to serve and, and to help those who were continuing to serve on the front lines. Even so, and I don't even know if you know this, right? I, I applied for uh, the vice president of entertainment at the USO. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, about, I can't remember exactly what, when it was, but, you know, some point after I got done with, with business school and I maybe, before I got into it, it was right before I got into MMA. And it was, it was, it was during that, pro, that period of time where um, I had left venture capital just because the market wasn't there and I was trying to figure out the next, the next opportunity. And so I actually applied for it, made it, and I was one of two people and they flew me out to the USO, you know, got to meet the whole team there. And I was intrigued by, you know, that opportunity. And I ultimately didn't get it, but that's okay because, you know, it went to somebody I'm sure who is very well qualified and is doing an amazing job. It, it sparked a passion even further. And I said, okay, well, if I'm not going to do it under this structured environment, I'm just going to go out and do it on my own. <laughs> and that's really what happened. I got involved with you know, what is now four uh, nonprofits that I sit on the board of directors for that are all, you know, um, veteran-oriented, and I've, you know, I've leveraged my relationships in the mixed martial arts world and, and being an owner of a, of a mixed martial arts league to help active duty uh, and reserve folks across the country uh, and, and partnership with my friends over at Ranger Up. We created the Train the Troops MMA program where we trained about awesome. 1,800 Marines. Uh, before they deployed downrange to Afghanistan. One of them ended up happening to be one of my very dear friends uh, at the time. Uh, oh, wow. Gunnery Sergeant Cesar Espinosa, who was with 3rd Anglico, right before he was he was deploying down uh, down to Marja for, for that big operation. Yep. And, uh, Harry down there, but, boy. So, yeah, man, but it was cool because I got to, I got to be part of the 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 the, the – the skill sets 
that that he would use downrange. You know, I got to bring some of the best fighters in the world and train my dear friend before he went downrange. So like, cool. Like, how fulfilling is that, man? It's, and, it's everything. Uh, yeah, so we've done some cool stuff. And, and, you know, and obviously this thing that we're doing with Aerofest is, is along those lines as well. You know, it's this opportunity to give back. Well, I mean, I'm glad you brought it up. I mean, it's, you know, tell just how did Mobile Arrow Festival start? I mean, where was it born? Who came up with it? Was it on a, a cocktail napkin on a, at a, at a fight or where did this thing come from, man? So I sit on the board, as I mentioned, of quite a few different organizations. One of those organizations is the A Hero Foundation. Uh, that my buddy, active duty Marine Corps Captain Lee Stuckey, uh, started. And, and really kind of the focus of a hero is to help prevent and stop veteran suicide, which you know the statistics, they're absolutely appalling. 22 a day, over 8,000 a year, 90,000 since 9-11. You know, it, it's just staggering, Those and those numbers have to be brought down significantly. Um, and that's what a hero is geared towards. Another gentleman who sits on that board with me, uh, retired Lieutenant Colonel uh, Dave G-Man Glassman, a uh, 53 driver, he, um, he works for a company that does the digital marketing for the Mobile Airport Authority. Awesome. And during their discussions in Mobile, one day, you know, some marketing ideas, well, hey, why don't we do a little festival to bring some awareness to the Brooklyn Air- Airfield here, uh, which is an old air base. Uh, you know, shut down and, and fallen into some disrepair, and they, you know, they they brought Airbus in with a six hundred million dollar contract, and you know they're revitalizing the area, but now they want to bring some awareness to that revitalization. Mm-hmm. So they said, well, you know, great, a festival is a wonderful thing, and we started talking. You know, the Gulf Coast region is is a very densely populated veteran community. And uh, there's quite a few active duty bases there, quite a few reserve bases. In fact, 3rd Force Marine Corps is um, actually stationed at Brooklyn. There's uh, several other reserve units there as well, um, but 3rd Force is there. So, you know, it made sense that if they're going to do a festival to bring awareness to this, this community, you know, why not do it in, the, in, a, in a way that created some awareness for the vets? And what started out as a very simple kind of one-day you know, evolution with like a band has grown, it's kind of taken a life of its own uh, to, you know, being essentially what is amounts to a week long of, of activities culminating in a two day music festival that includes, you know, the Titan fights with four championship bouts and, you know, on and on and on. Um, but, you know, once this thing got started taking on a life of its own, uh, G-Man called me up and said, Hey brother, you know, we got this event. Is there a way to get you involved? I said, let me think on it. You know, we talked for a few minutes. I said, well, wait a minute. How about this, man? My contract with, with CBS Sports for Titan allows me, affords me the, the opportunity to provide a platform that will put Mobile Arrow in front of 93 million people. Awesome. And all of a sudden the lights went on and, we we created this relationship, and you know I joined the board of the Aerofest, and uh, we just kind of took it from there, and, and you know now we've got this massive event that's got, you know, it starts out with something that you're involved with, which by the way, thank you very much for your involvement. My We're pleasure, going out brother. Community ed, uh, education programming, anti-bullying with the kids, right? That's on Wednesday. It's yep. it's you uh, going out and doing your gig, and, and me and my fighters going out. Then Shannon Lee of the Bruce Lee Foundation, she's coming in. Boy, she's got some heavy messaging to do, you know, and she's going to talk to the kids. Uh, and then Thursday afternoon, man, we're on, on the icon for the military in the Gulf Coast region. We are on the battleship USS Alabama, and I'm going to have the weigh-in for my, my, my Titan FC fights. It's going to be it's never been done before in combat sports, a weigh-in for an event being done on a battleship. So Dude, that's we're so cool. talking about that. We're going to have this, this amazing young lady uh, get up and perform the national anthem. And then your buddy, who you introduced me to and said, you've got to get this cat involved, Scott Brown and the Scooter Brown Band, they're going to be performing a song. And I believe it's a song they co-wrote with Chris Kyle. They're it is. Performing 
standing on top of the turret of the big guns of the battleship. How boom, cool is boom, that? Boom, boom, boom. So awesome. Yeah, man. So awesome. I'm pumped. I'm pumped. So, I mean, there's so many cool things going on. There's the Independence Ride, you know, the Indy, uh, the Indy Bun puts on, where they, they're going to do a ride from uh, Biola Battery into Mobile. And, you know, they've got all these cats that are all banged up that are using adapt- adaptive technology bikes and, and coming in. And, and so you just, it's this great celebration of, of, you know, the veteran community and, and the technology that supports those veterans. And, you know, we're, we're working in conjunction with the Independence Fund, A Hero Foundation, the Gary Sinise Foundation, and Lakeshore Foundation. And we're going to endow, the, from the proceeds of the event, we're going to endow those four charitable organizations. Oh, my and gosh, that's awesome. Because Aerofest awesome. is a non-profit. Not a dime goes towards profit, man. It, it's, it's paying the expenses of the show, endowing the organizations, and leaving some money in the coffers to do the show again next year to raise more awareness and raise more money. That, that's, that's just – it's. I mean, this is big deal. I mean, people – you know, you don't just get this kind of magnitude of a festival together in, in a couple days, man. And what, what's been awesome is to watch your commitment to this thing and and to, you know, really see, you know, where this is coming from, you know, and, and this mission – you know, ultimately, is 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 what? I mean, it, I mean, I know it's it's from a place of service, but what do you, what is your ultimate goal for all those that attend, the veterans that come, the local people that come, your fighters that go, for the kids that are involved? What is your mission, Lex, for Aerofest? You know, it, it's twofold. I, I think that it's it's awareness to help bring awareness to, to veterans and, and, and the issues that they deal with. Um, you know, it's easy when, if you've not, if you've not stood in our boots, right, and, and you, haven't, you haven't gone through the rigors, you haven't gone through that crucible that redefines us, because each and every person, man, woman, doesn't matter what branch of service, we all go through a crucible that is service. And once we come out of it, we are a different person. And we're even more different if we've been downrange and, and we've had to deal with those circumstances and, and, and in what those experiences are. And many of us bring those home with us. And Amen. the civilian community can be empathetic, but they don't understand. I want to help them understand. Awesome. By creating awareness, by bringing people down, you know, that guys like you who can come out and talk to people, guys, you know, that are all, that have been banged up and they're trying to sort it out, like my buddy Lee Stucky, man, he, I mean, his story is incredible. You know, I mean, Sergeant Fallujah becomes an officer, goes to Afghan, you know, loses some guys, gets banged up himself, suffers TBI. Uh, comes home with really bad PTSD, and he sucks starting a 45, and like literally has has the the barrel in his mouth and finger on the trigger, and tears streaming down his face, and, he, and his phone sitting on the on the table next to him, and, and it rings and it says, "Mama." Truly, when he's got two pounds of tension on the trigger, and he's about to hit that third pound. Oh my god! And he sees it. The phone ring. It just says, "Mama." And, you know, he puts down the gun and he answers the phone and he says, Mama, this is what was about to happen and you just saved my life. And, you know, get a guy like that who from that experience has now become a champion and advocate for his brothers and sister veterans who he said, listen, I'm a Marine Corps captain. You know, I mean, listen, Marines, we've got kind of like SEALs. You know, we we believe in ourselves. He's like, (laughs) I'm a Marine Corps captain. I'm a bad dude. Totally. If I'm experiencing this, I'm going through this, I know my other brothers and sisters are dealing with it. And he went home and he became, he went through this really cathartic experience of, of spending time outdoors and talking to other veterans. And he realized that there was a model there that could be help, helpful to others. And that's how A Hero was found. So wow. if, if I can leverage Lee's story, your stories, other people's stories and put those in front of 
the everyday person and inspire them to get to know these, these veterans and understand what it is that we sacrifice for one another, but for God, country, and, 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 and our service. Yeah. I almost said core, but that would have you been... You can say, I'm with you, Semper Fi Dallas, my brother. Do or die. <laughs> That's right. But, you know, I mean, if I can help create enough awareness that people go from empathetic to understanding, I feel that our mission will be accomplished. And if we can get to that mission, then I think people will say, wait a minute, I get it. Not only is there a need, but here's some solutions. Here's four different organizations that all have very discreet missions that are all geared in one way or another of helping veterans. If I can go from being empathetic to understanding, I can then go from being understanding to taking action. In some way or another, donating, whether it's my festival tickets that I buy because the proceeds are going to endow these organizations, the beer I drink, or straight-up donation because I see that badass motorcycle that the uh, A-Hero group is going to have that we're selling tickets to. Whatever it is, if you can go from understanding to taking action, I feel that that AeroFest mission will have been accomplished. Amen. Amen, brother. I, I, I don't see how it cannot be successful. I mean, this thing is going to be awesome. And I just, you know, what's what's amazing to me, Lex, is, is that every day you wake up, not only with all of the, the things that you have to do in terms of helping run Titan, you know, doing the fight management stuff, doing all your charity work, raising your amazing family. You have those two beautiful girls, man. Your wife is amazing. Plus, you're an incredible, incredible friend you know, is that just where that comes from and that sense that you just it's a part of who you are. And and I think something like Mobile AeroFest, this dream that was created, now it's a reality, is going to help. It, it's going to achieve what you're talking about. It will bring understanding. It will bring action. And, and you know, I just got to say as, as a small part of this, man, I, I can't thank you enough for inviting me to, to continue serving with this and and I also can't thank you enough for just, you know, what you're doing, brother. I mean, God bless you, and God bless this entire thing, man. Thank you so much. Well, you know, brother, it's uh, it's an honor. I'm a small piece in the equation. You know, the the tagline for this thing, you know, it's a marketing thing, but really it's born, and, and it really is much more than that, is it's for all the right reasons. And everybody who's involved in this thing, uh, from, you know, the, the volunteer who comes in on event day to, you know, the core team who's been in the trenches for eight months uh, to the fans who come and buy a ticket, buy a beer, whatever, and just have a good time seeing, you know, Big and Rich and Matashahu, Cowboy Troy, you know, all these great bands, whatever it is, um, all those actions truly have been for the right reasons. And, and that's, that's what makes this thing is, is it's certainly a labor of love, but it's what makes it an easy labor of love because when it's for the right reasons, man, it just, you, you don't mind how hard you have to work. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Lex, uh, thank you so much for being on Navy SEAL Radio, bro, and telling us your story about service and then telling the story of Mobile AeroFest. Uh, I'm really looking forward to next week, brother, and uh, I hope you have a blessed weekend. And, and man, keep on serving, man. Semper Fi. You bet, brother. I'm going to give you what I know is going to be your parting. Love you, brother. Out! (laughs) So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. There you have one of the true great Americans of this country, Mr. Lex McMahon, man. And this guy is, is, he is the real deal. I'm telling you what, what, you know, this guy is, is no joke in everything he does. He's coming from the heart, 100%. Uh, on the up and uh, up and up and and man it's just I it is such an honor and a privilege to call him my friend as well as being able to help him out with AeroFest all right and so the one thing I just let's go through this one more time you guys it's Mobile Aero Festival happening next weekend in Mobile Alabama uh, uh, Friday March 20th Saturday March 21st 
They've got uh, all an incredible lineup of bands, Big and Rich, Modest Yahoo, Dawes, the Gary Sinise band with and the Lieutenant Dan, Lieutenant Dan Brown band, or the Lieutenant Dan Brown, I'm sorry, Lieutenant Dan. Robert Randolph and the Family Band, Cowboy Troy, Lee Fields and the Expressions, Dumps, Dumps the Trunk, Dumps the Funk, I think, Carl Denson's Tiny Universe, Zugma, uh, Lost Bayou Ramblues, Jacques, uh, <laughs> Green, The Wig, Soul Rebels, Roscoe Bandana, Honey Island Swamp Band, Matthew Curry, Future Birds, The Herd, Steve Gunn, Generations, HR, 88 Ultra, Lee Band's third, and a whole bunch more, including my good friend, the Scooter Scott Brown and the Scooter Brown brand. And then on on Friday, I mean, there's going to be a Titan FC, uh, four sanctioned title cards, uh, title fights on this card, Light, uh, lightweights with Pat Healy and Kurt Keisner, heavyweights with John Mad, Madsen and Chase uh, Gormley, featherweights with Desmond Green and Kurt Holabow, and then bantamweights with Wale Watson and Brett John. So, I mean, this is going to – and then the Independence Ride on Saturday that morning. Um, this is an amazing thing. I mean, with some amazing people, the Independence Fund, Lakeshore, the Gary Sinise Foundation, Mobile Airport Authority, A-Hero Foundation, Titan FC, DigiPro Media, Alabama Coasting, uh, Art Alive, The Art Party, uh, Clear Give, and yours truly at Team Frog Logic. Um, you know, we're just so honored to be a part of this and really blessed, all right? And now, just some no- numbers I want you to go check out at MobileAeroFest.com. That's MobileAeroFest.com. 6,717 killed in action since 9-11. 50,897 wounded since 9-11. 90,000 suicides since 9-11. I repeat my last, 90,000 suicides, ladies and gentlemen. And this is a number that you can contribute to stop. This is that you can help stop this by supporting organizations like Mobile Aerofest. Now, I went to my Facebook page and I asked today's radio show question was, What's the best way we can help vets make the transition from active duty to being civilians? And let's get into these. Todd says, hire them for a job. Jeff says, read and listen to Frog Logic. Thank you, Jeff. Jim says, don't ask stupid questions. Lend a careful listening ear and a strong shoulder of support. Engage and encourage planning for the future. I mean, that's big time right there. I dig it. Jason says, thank them for their serve. Become their friend and their swim buddy and become a workout buddy. Kirk says, proudly and respectfully fly the country's flag. Every home business should fly it. Uh, Jason says, Kirk, I have one flying for 365 days a year. I love it. Jerry, become a mentor and be a genuine. Jason, better question is where can vets go to find help? I like that. I'll do that next time. Uh, Dylan, structure. Teresa says, show appreciation by expressing gratitude. Show even more respect for your country because without them, your comfort wouldn't possibly be uh, there. Uh, Nancy says, spend time with them, if possible, in a sport like in a spot like the Lone Survivor Retreat. I like that. Uh, Betty says, assist them with finding a job where they can be use, use the skills they acquired during military service. Natasha says, I wish we had more Lone Survivor Retreats. Thank you. Betty says, to help other people, veterans and non-veterans alike, so they can transition the intensity of their military experience to helping others. Brad, my, my good buddy, Brad says, by increasing awareness and the real challenges. The civilian world is nothing like the military. It requires a different type of motivation, initiative, skill set, period. Veterans can easily transfer much of what they have from their military experience, but their skill sets have to be recast in the format that sets them up for success. Awesome, Brad. Cam says, uh, uh, Brian says, David, the mindset, uh, along with being in the military, while the military functions perfectly. Uh, Great post. Don, Don Frank says, so right, be be there for them. I love that, Don. I love it. I love it. All right, so that was some amazing things, ladies and gentlemen. And I just want to say thank you to all the vets. I'm going to continue helping you every chance I get with all the the charities. I'm going to be at Mobile Fest next weekend. I'm going to be speaking to kids, speaking to the vets, speaking to anybody that will listen, man, because I'm out there to support veterans in my my continued service to other people. And I just want to say thanks to all of you for your support. Thanks for listening to Navy SEAL Radio. I'm your host, David Rutherford, uh, behavioral training specialist, motivational speaker, author, and coach. And it's my mission to help you embrace your fears, forge your self-confidence, learn to live the team life, and live with person. One last thing, ladies and gentlemen, I'm your new swim buddy. Let's get motivated. Out!